The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. Hi everyone, it's Rabbi Dr. Jack Cohen. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. I have the privilege today to speak on behalf of an incredible cause, a great organization called Stories to Inspire. It's very interesting because my life has always been about stories, about telling stories. And so when I heard about the great work that Daniel Agala was doing, I was captivated. And when he reached out to me, I felt it was an honor to be able to support this wonderful organization. Just a little bit of background. Here's an organization that's got over 2,000 stories in their archives. They have well over 650,000 downloads. And over 2,000 people a day receive their stories. And I want to tell you my background and to tell you why I'm so passionate about this organization. I grew up in the Syrian community in Brooklyn. I had the pleasure to be a founder to one of the great kolalim of the area called Keter Tzion. It's a kolal that we founded myself with my friends about close to 30 years ago because our dream was to develop the next group of dayanim and rabbis that would service the Sephardic world. Baruch Hashem, many of our graduates turned out to be stars. Eli Mansour was one of our first, Eli Dayan, many others, great, wonderful people. I took it upon myself when we initiated this kolel to run the kids' division. So for 20 years, I was one of the people who directed the kids' uh, programs on Shabbat, teaching them, giving them stories, giving them inspirational uh, presentations. So telling stories became a part and parcel of who I was. And I found that it was an incredible medium in which to develop an individual, but also transmit a lesson, transmit the legacy of what it means to be a Jew. So with that in mind, Daniel asked me to tell over a story that I felt, any one of the many stories that I've told, that I felt that really resonated with me. So I've, I'm about to tell you a story that I've told the, the kids, that I've told older, younger adults, older adults, several times. It really resonated with me. And since because it, its impact is really felt in terms of what it means to have proper Jewish education, let me share it with you. Years ago, there was a boy sitting in the car going to an interview for high school. He was an eighth grader. His mother looks to him, uh, to the right, she was driving the car, she says, Jason, are you going to tell him? He's wondering, what does she mean by that question? Well, they were in fact going to an interview at a school called St. Bartholomew. Now, a little background. Jason Kaufman was a non-religious Jew growing up in middle America, totally disconnected from the beauty of Judaism. And his mother hits him with a fascinating question. Jason, are you going to tell him? So she asks her, tell him what? Are you going to tell me you're Jewish? And he says, I don't know. I don't really care. I'm not connected at all to Judaism. So what does it matter? And she says, Jason, you know, you're Jewish. They're Catholic. Now, a little background. Why is he going to an interview at St. Bartholomew Catholic School? Jason was a great student in the public school that he attended. And he wanted to be able to enroll into St. Bartholomew High School because that high school had an ex- excellent academic record. Anyone who graduated St. Bartholomew was sure to get into the college or professional school of his dreams. That that school had a great track record for producing future doctors, lawyers, scholars, accountants. And Jason, having been a great student, really wanted to get into this school. So Jason says to you know, I'm not Jewish, but I'm not going to lie. She says, I think you should lie. No, I'm not going to lie. I'm not connected to Judaism, but I'm not going to lie. So off they went to the interview, as they parked the car and they got into the the grounds of St. Bartholomew with his freshly manicured lawns, you could smell money. This school was old world. It looked like a monastery. A little bit scary. If you've seen monasteries with their old stone look, you know, it can get a little bit scared. So they walked in and there they are. There's a big crosses in the lobby, 
photographs, uh, figurines of Yashka and things like that. And they asked the question to the guard, where is the office to Father Kelly? Father Kelly was the high school principal. And they were led to the second floor. When they got to the second floor, they approached a desk who happened to be the secretary of the principal and says, where's Father Kelly? I'm Jason Kaufman. And the, the secretary says, oh, we're expecting you. Okay. So, a few minutes later, after having ha- sat in the waiting room, the secretary comes out and she says, Jason, Father Kelly will now see you. Jason walks in and he sees a young man, handsome, beautiful blue eyes, regaled in the uh, clothing of a of priest, the black robes with the white collar. And he looks at him and says, Mr. Kaufman, how are you? And he looks, he peers down, he studies his academic records. I see you did beautifully in, in your sciences and your math. And very interesting, Mr. Kaufman. So he says to him, your full name is Jason Matthew Kaufman. And now came the million dollar question that would ring throughout the world. Mr. Kaufman, are you Jewish? Because sounds like a Jewish name. Jason was startled, but he had been prepared for that. And he goes, yes. And the next question was even more bizarre. So tell me, Mr. Kaufman, do you know what the Aleph base is? The alphabet of the Jewish people? And he says to him, no, I don't. To which Father Kelly retorted, how could it be? How could a Jewish boy not know what the Aleph base is? Now, Jason is wondering, where is this conversation going? A Catholic priest is questioning me about the Aleph base of the Jews? So he says to him, Mr. Kaufman, I find it so troubling that a young Jewish boy doesn't know what the Aleph base is. And then he peers down, Mr. Ke- Father Kelly peers down at his records, at his academic records, says, you know what? As he scratches his chin, he says, Mr. Kaufman, I'm going to accept you into my high school, but on one condition. And Jason says, what's that condition, Father Kelly? On the condition that every day in your lunch break, you're going to eat your lunch quickly, you're going to race up the second floor to my office, and I, Father Kelly, Catholic priest will teach you the olive base. Is that a deal? Fine. Tomorrow, don't forget, we have orientation. So, the very next day, orientation took place in the gymnasium of the school. Father Kelly gets up, he says, Boys and girls, I looked at the enrollment this year. We have an outstanding class coming in. I could see future leaders in it, future scholars, future professionals. I have high expectations for this class. As he finished his presentation, he looked at Jason, winked at him, and says, don't forget, we have a deal. And so it was. That very day, during lunch break, after Jason quickly ate his lunch, he raced up the stairs to Father Kelly's office, where he walked into his office, and he saw Father Kelly with diagrams on big placards, with funny-looking letters. And Father Kelly holds up the first one, and he says, this is an Aleph. Repeat it after me, Aleph. And Jason said, Aleph. And he reviewed it again and again, spending the whole day, that hour, just on that one letter, Aleph. And the very next day, he says, Jason, now that you know Aleph, we will move to the next letter. This is a bet. Say after me, bet. And so Jason repeated bet and bet, and he rehearsed. And he went on for a month until Jason Matthew Kaufman knew the entire Aleph base, or Aleph bet. But when Jason thought it was over, because now he knew the Aleph bet, he walked in one day, to the office and said, Father, is it done? He said, no, Jason, but now we have to teach you vowels. This is a kamatz, looks like a T, and the sound is ah. Repeat after me, ah. And after he knew how to say it with an aleph, he said, now we're doing it with a bet, ba, and gimel, ga, and dalit, da. 
And then came the Segol and the Sheva until Jason mastered all the vowels of the Hebrew alphabet. And when Jason felt after a few months that it was over, he says, Father, we're done now? No, Jason. Now we move to the next level. Have you ever learned the Chumash, the Old Testament? Jason, in his ignorance, said, no. Father Kelly says, how could you be so ignorant not to know the, the, the Old Testament, the great stories of Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, with Father Kelly feeling so comfortable to say it in the vernacular of a Jew? Jason felt so embarrassed. He says, I don't know, I never learned it. So Jason was told by, the, by Father Kelly, Father Kelly said to him, I'm going to teach it to you. Not only will I teach you the Old Testament, but we're going to learn it using one of the greatest commentators of the Jewish world, Rashi, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki. And he told him who he was, that he was a Rishon, a great scholar, lived a thousand years ago in Mainz in France. And he was responsible for explaining the commentary to the Old Testament and to other things like Mishnayot and Gemara, etc. And he explained it to him. And so for several years, Jason worked at learning the Chumash with Father Kelly until they mastered the whole Chumash, all Chamisha Chumshetura, all five books. And Jason felt now he wasn't learning anymore because Father Kelly was inducing him to learn. He was learning Torah because he enjoyed it. It had become part of him. He internalized the love for Torah. He felt a special feeling after every time that he sat down with Father Kelly to learn with him. And now he was a junior in high school. And after they finished the Chamishah, Chamishah Torah, they made a siyum and they celebrated. And he was ready to thank Father Kelly for all that he had done for him. Father Kelly said, oh no, we don't stop here. Now it's time to turn, learn the oral law called Mishnayot, put together by the famous Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi, Rabbi Judah the Prince, who had put together and collated all of the Mishnah. And Father Kelly started teaching him the Mishnah. And every day they would learn. One day, Jason came up for their usual daily lesson and found the book of Mishnayot closed. Father Kelly was sitting there in deep thought. And he said, hi Jason, how are you? And Jason said, Father Kelly, I'm ready to learn. And Father Kelly responded back to him, Jason, I'm so sorry. I taught you everything I know. There's nothing that I haven't taught you. And he said to him, Jason, but I want to tell you something. You've come very far. You've now reconnected with your roots as a Jew. And I feel you don't belong in St. Bartholomew. This is not for you. I've taken the liberty for next year to sign you up in a yeshiva, an institute of higher learning, in Jerusalem, and I'm going to front the bill. I've chosen a school for you, where you'll go, and you'll sit with Torah scholars, who'll teach you much, much more than I taught you. And Jason was really outstanding by this idea. And so the year ended, and Jason boarded a plane, Elah, and he got on the plane, and he went to Israel, and he was enrolled in the yeshiva that Father Kelly helped put him into, and there Jason, as we say in Yiddish, died, he grew he had fantastic learning partners, which we call Chavrutot, Chavrusas, and he loved it. He met Rebbe's who knew Mishnayot cold, who knew Chumash cold, who knew the entire Shas or the Gemara Talmud cold, and he grew and he learned long hours, and he loved it and he enjoyed it, and he now was transforming into a real Ben Torah, a son of Torah, a real Jewish scholar. And now the spring break was about to come, which we call Ben Azmanim, which was recently took place now, when you have a month break in the month of Nisan, and he was ready to go home. And he came home. And his mother met him at the airport. And she saw a transformation. No longer was he you know, dressed in more civilian clothing. He had a kippah on, white shirt, black pants, tzitzit sticking out. And she said to him, Jason, you must be exhausted. Let's go home. I'm sure you want to go to bed. Jason looks at his mother. He goes, yes, I'll do. But first, we have to make a pit stop. I'd like to go and stop and say hello to Father Kelly. There's a burning question that I have to ask him, Mommy. Fine. So she drove him to St. Bartholomew parked the car in the parking lot. They went through the lobby. 
went upstairs to the second floor. When the secretary saw him, she saw a huge transformation. She says, whoa, what happened? Where have you been? He says, I've been in Israel. How's it going with you? Thank God. Have you been learning? Yes, thank God. She says to him, wow, you really, looks like you had a major spiritual experience. And so they waited for Father Kelly. And when Father Kelly came out, they embraced each other, they hugged, they went inside to speak. And he said, Jason, what should I call you, Jason? Or is it Yosef or Yaakov? Jason said, it's Yaakov, because that's my Hebrew name. And he sat down and told them how, how much he had loved learning in Israel. How much he had grown as a human being. How his midos has changed. How his love for Torah had expanded so. And he says to him, you helped me so much. You transformed me. You transformed me. You encouraged me to leave this world of vanity and just personal you know, growth and money for that. To be able to become a Torah scholar. I can never thank you enough. All through the year, I've had this burning question that I have to ask you, Father Kelly. And that question is one word. Why? Why did you do it? Why did you teach me Torah? Why did you teach me the Olive Bays? Why did you teach Mishnah? What's it all about? I need to know the answer to that question. Father Kelly stroked his chin and he said, Let me tell you a story. Many years ago, I myself was a high school student. I decided that I wanted to be a priest, lead a parish, perhaps go into academics. And for the senior year of our high school, we were given the opportunity to go to Israel or any other country to study more about the Catholic religion. So I picked Israel. And we flew there. I had a great time on the flight. It was quick and easy. We arrived on a Friday morning. And I took in the beautiful scenery and the smells and the colors of the city. When somehow we were led into the old city. It was the middle of the afternoon. It was a Friday. And I see teeming throngs of people marching down stairways, steps, etc. Until after we hit a certain stairway, we saw the million dollar view of the western wall. Thousands of people converging on the, this, this location. And I noticed that it was, someone told me it was the Jewish Sabbath. And I stood there in awe at the Kotel Plaza as I watched people dressed up in their finery getting ready to daven. And I stood there just taking it all in, absorbing this amazing sight. When suddenly there was a tap on my shoulder, someone looks at me and says, Young man, do you have a place to eat tonight? Would you like to join us for the Sabbath meal? I said, Why not? Let me go with the flow. I was learning, I was curious. And I went and had an amazing meal by a family. And the host, after the meal, walks up to me and says, Son, my dear fellow, would you like to go hear a Torah lecture? I had never heard a Torah lecture. And I was in Israel to learn, to grow, to, you know, it was to get curious and to learn as much as I can about life and what it's all about. So I said, learning about Judaism, one of the ancient religions of the world, why not? So I went to this class in a yeshiva called Fire of Torah, in Hebrew known as Asha Torah. And it was one of the most amazing lectures that I'd ever attended. It inspired me so that I said, i got to learn more. But I'm not going to tell them who I am or what I'm all about. Because they won't let me come. They won't let me attend. Little did they know that I was a student studying to become a Catholic priest. And I enrolled in yeshiva. And I was assigned a Rebbe. And the first thing they taught us was the Olive Bays. Many of my classmates were Jews that knew nothing about their ancient religion. Knew nothing about their legacy. And we learned together. And it was such a warm, fraternal group and every day we learned, sometimes we even got to have lectures from the Rosh Yeshiva, the Dean, Rabbi Noah Weinberg, that great scholar, that great rabbi who had started Isha Torah. And this was going well and fine until the year was about to end and I had never revealed the secret to anyone as to the fact that I wasn't Jewish. When I approached my Rebbe and I said, I have to go back to the United States now. And my Rebbe looked at me and says, Richard, you're doing so well. Richard Kelly, you're one of our best students. Why do you want to leave now? Is it because your parents are putting pressure on you? And he says, kind of, i got to go back. Well, tell me why. 
I got to know. And he says to him, Rebbe, I don't really feel comfortable sharing the reason why. Well, before you can leave Israel to go back to the United States, you've got to ask permission from the dean, from the Rosh Yeshiva, Rabbi Noah Weinberg. You must go visit him. So off he went to visit Rabbi Weinberg in his, in his study. He knocked on the door. Rabbi Weinberg, hi Richard, how are you? He grabbed, he hugged him. He had, you know, had high expectations. And Richard, you're doing so well. We're so proud of you. You've made such strides in your learning and your academics. And he looks at him sheepishly and he says, Rebbe, Rosh Yeshiva, I got to go back to the United States. And he was met with the same question. Why? Are your parents putting pressure on you? Is it all about college? Is it about profession and making a living? Rebbe, I really don't feel comfortable talking about it. Well, I won't let you go unless you tell me why. And just going back and forth until Richard felt he had to tell him the truth. Richard said to him, Rebbe Weinberg, I have to share something with you. I, Richard Kelly, I'm not Jewish. I'm actually studying to be a Catholic priest. At that point, Rabbi Noah Weinberg's jaws dropped. He turned white. His eyes were burning red with anger. And he looks at him and says, What? You're not Jewish? You faked us out? We invested so much time and money in you? The kind of time and money that we needed to put into ignorant Jewish boys? I can never forgive you, Richard, for what you did to me. Under no circumstances will I ever forgive you. Richard didn't know where to hide. He was so embarrassed, he was so ashamed, but he knew he could not get on the plane to go back to the United States if he didn't solicit and receive the forgiveness of his Rebbe, the Rosh Yeshiva, Rabbi Weinberg. He says, Rebbe, Rabbi Weinberg, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. I was embarrassed to tell you. I was enjoying myself so much, but please forgive me for what I did. And Rabbi Weinberg says, under no circumstances could I forgive you. How can we ever get back all the time and money and effort that we put into you? And so it goes back and forth, him, Richard begging for forgiveness until Rabbi Weinberg thought of an idea and he said, you know what, Richard? I will forgive you on one condition. And Richard said, what's that? Richard, I can tell you're a smart boy. You're probably going to go back into academics when you get back to the States. Perhaps be a teacher or a principal. You know what? One day, some ignorant boy who's a Jewish boy is going to walk through your front doors and he's not going to know anything about his background, his religion, his legacy, his traditions. And you know what you're going to do? The Torah that we taught you, which would be hopeless and wasted, is going to be transmitted to him. So you're going to take all the Torah that we taught you, Richard, and transfer it to that ignorant boy. And so it was. And so Father Kelly turns to Jason and he says, All my life, I knew Rabbi Weinberg's prophecy would come true. I just didn't know when. All my life, I waited for that boy to come through the front door of St. Bartholomew so I can keep my part of the deal and transfer all the Torah that I had learned to that boy. And Jason, that boy was you. And the day you walked in, I knew that it was as good as gold, that I was going to keep my word, and I was going to come through. And so I took all the Torah that Esha Torah taught me in the yeshiva, and I transferred it to you. And Jason, you don't really belong here. This is not for you. And Jason said, you're right, Rebbe. I've come to love the Torah. It's become my very being. The fire of Torah is within me. Jason Kaufman would go on to relocate to Israel, where he joined the Kolel, yeshiva, got married, lives in Israel today with five children. This story was told by Rav Chaim Kanievsky's brother, Rav Yitzhak Zilberstein. An amazing story of the power of Chinuch, of the power of what Torah can do to transform a human being. We have to understand, people like Daniel Agalar are doing great work. They're taking our transmissions, they're taking our heritage through stories and conveying the greatness of who we are as a, as a people. Sometimes we have to hear it from the outside world and they teach us how great we are as Jews because we don't understand what it means to be the Amsegula to be part of that wonderful nation that Hashem prizes and loves so much. May, may Hashem give the strength to Daniel Agalante's entire organization to continue doing this fantastic work of transmitting wonderful stories, which is one of the greatest vehicles to teach 
and to learn and to inspire. As a matter of fact, this week I happen to have had a consultation with a young woman from Queens and I asked her, just in passing, you know, people are going to ask me, what are you enjoy doing for fun? Some people will tell me, I love to travel, I love music. Her answer was very interesting. She said to me, I love listening to stories. I especially love listening to the stories on stories to inspire. It really motivates me. And so, you never know, through stories, people can become enhanced, lives become enhanced, lives become more productive, more fulfilled. And I wish my blessings upon this wonderful organization that they should go from higher to higher, from strength to strength, and continue to do their great work on behalf of Kal Israel. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You've just experienced an. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.